to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. If you don't already have my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, The Three Ways of Navigating Your Way to More Peace, Positivity, and Personal Power, then you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. Absolutely free. I'd love to give you that gift, and you can certainly join us on our various different social media platforms as well. And uh, what we really love to do on Light Warrior Radio is share with you some um, amazing people, amazing authors, teachers, trainers, coaches, healers um, that can help you in the next step of your journey. And today, we are going to be talking about the divine feminine way, or what I like to say (laughs) is... uh, how women can flourish in business without trying to be a man. <laughs> and uh, why, why I think this is really important is because of what I've gone through as a female entrepreneur. Business tends to be very masculine. You know, there's deadlines, there's structure, there's marketing, there's all this kind of stuff. And sometimes women just want to be in the flow of, oh, you know, I just want to do this today. And, and sometimes it doesn't work with business, at least in my personal experience. And unfortunately, I've seen way too many of my colleagues, luckily I didn't have to go through that in business. I went through that prior to business. But I've seen way too many of my female colleagues, I won't say who, because some of them are very famous, um, literally burn out. And like the universe had to give them a very strict, stern warning that they couldn't keep up the pace that they were doing, which they've, and I've seen many of our male colleagues do with no problem, it seems. But they are mothers, they are grandmothers, you know, they're, they're head of the household as well. And so many women are juggling being an entrepreneur of their own business, but also being CEO of their home. And that may or may not be true of our men, but men have testosterone, guys, a lot more than us women. So I've seen two of my medical colleagues, one person literally fell flat on her face and broke something, okay? So that was the universe going slow down. <laughs> uh, and I took that warning. I realized, okay, I'm, I'm kind of on that road. I could go there. But uh, I ended up, you know, hiring um, a couple of coaches, actually, um, to help me with that uh, pacing, but I think what we're going to do today is going to be really, really fun and amazing because we would like a feminine way of approaching business that doesn't burn us out. So today I am very, very pleased to interview Ale. <laughs> Make sure I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> uh, also known as Eleanor, but Ale de Poisson. And um, we are going to be talking about the path of femininity, how to do that in business. We're going to be, um, she's going to be sharing what happened in her life that got her on this journey. She's a spiritual teacher, intuitive business mentor, healer, speaker, and author. And she helps women entrepreneurs, leaders, and way showers run their business and life from their feminine energy so they can magnetize more wealth, alignment, and flow while impacting humanity in their unique way. And her gifts are depth, wisdom, and practical leadership. And with these, she leads her clients to have a soul-led business and life. And so without further ado, welcome, LA. So great to have you here. Thank you, Karen. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, especially after I heard this little introduction. I think... You and your audience are going to be really happy about this conversation. (laughs) Yes, I am sure we will. Um, And it's so funny because uh, I don't know about you, but I've, ever since childhood, I've really wanted to excel. I've wanted to be master of whatever I decided to be mastery, uh, master of, which means being competitive. And um, that's good and not so good uh, as far as, you know, what 
what happened to me, and I ended up being um, adrenal fatigue, fibromyalgia, totally burnt out um, just by being that perfectionism. And that was before my entrepreneurship. So we want to prevent people from having to go through that, especially a women. Um, and that's why you're here today. And I think it's, it's really great, the work that you're doing. I think it's really needed um, because there is a lot more people that are delving into their own businesses, women included, um, you know, thanks to the pandemic, whatever, you know, like people sometimes have lost their jobs, sometimes have chosen, hey, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, and so it's benefited in many ways, but sometimes people are struggling. So tell us about your story. How did you get to where you are today? Ooh, my story could be a movie. I love the <laughs> <laughs> um, Long story short, I'm going to try to keep it short though. So I was working in a bank four or five years ago now. I was going to turn 30. I was going to get married. I just bought a beautiful three-bedroom flat with a beautiful view on the city in Brussels in Belgium, where I'm from. And so basically my life looked perfect on paper, right? But then something felt off. Um, and now in hindsight, I realized that I was in my Saturn retrograde, which is you know, a small midlife crisis where you question everything and your soul is really asking you to realign. Um, so something felt up, but I really didn't know what, what it was. And I didn't know where to start, where to find all these answers and find what was missing. And so at the time, I was doing yoga. I started yoga when I was 15 years old, so that's more than 20 years ago now. It was really not so famous at the time. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I started because I had some, some back issues uh, because of uh, a ski accident that I had. And I absolutely loved it, and so I thought, why not go to India, have a month to myself, learn to do yoga, I'm sure that it is going to open other doors to me. And I just had this intuition that doing this yoga teacher training was going to lead me to more. So basically, I get married in the meantime. Um, I work at the bank, but I'm really asking myself questions. I talk to a professional coach, which is really helping me see that the bank is really not my path anymore. And then I have to find something else. And then I go to India. I spend a beautiful month there. And the day I come back from India, my husband tell me, tells me that he's leaving me because he doesn't love me. Oh, my. So that was a shock. Yeah. Oh, boy. And I was like, I had been home for 10 minutes, and I could see he was completely distracted, and I asked him, what's wrong? And then we got into that whole conversation. So it was a big shock coming back home. And then, of course, I found out there was someone else, and we very quickly divorced, but I really had to go through healing myself from that, because I felt like a huge building just collapsed on me. You know, I felt like I was losing my marriage, I was going to leave my job. I really didn't know who I was, what my life was going to be about, and really what I was going to do with all these years ahead. So I really just started to love myself. That was really a promise that I started to do because I realized that I didn't love myself, so I married someone who couldn't love me either. And um, there was a lot of you know, emotional abuse and manipulation as well in the relationship. So it, there was definitely a gift in that experience, in that challenge, but I could not really see it at the moment. I was just really focused on healing myself. And then I remember that when I was in India, 
the course that I preferred during the whole month was learning about chakras and the subtle bodies and the energetical aspect of yoga. I was really like captivated and passionate by that. And so I decided I was going to learn energy healing. So I quit the bank. Um, I signed the paper of my divorce. I sell my flat, so I have a little bit of cash. And I moved to Quebec, to Montreal, to study energy healing. And I found a beautiful school there that is offering a one-year training to become an energy healer. And my family thought I was crazy, you know, to leave the bank and my country behind and go mm -hmm. in known land and territory and learn about something very woo-woo and out there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you didn't stay in Europe to do that. You went all the way to Canada? So actually, I found a really good school in Portugal, but last minute they canceled the training. And oh, okay. Um, you know, life just led me to going to Quebec and... Now, knowing the teacher that was that founded that school, I know why I had to go there. She's really a spiritual mother to me. We have a very deep connection, and um, yeah, I had to go to Canada. So I was healing myself from that divorce, and still had a lot of emotions to go through. And I was really healing from my whole life because I was also responsible of why I ended up in a marriage that wasn't really working and that was emotionally abusive. So I had to go through a lot and I was really focused on understanding why I got there, how to welcome your emotions, how to rewire your beliefs, how to also heal your body physically from going through the emotional burnout that a divorce is causing you. And so I created a method that is called the self-healing spiral. That is a six-step method that helps women heal from trauma through the power of self-love. And once I healed myself and I felt so much better, I wrote a book about it, I published a book, and then I started helping women on their own healing journey, whether they were divorcing or going through a difficult period in their life. And so as I was launching my business and being full-on on teaching and sharing about the self-healing spiral, at some point I started feeling more and more misaligned and tired. And I just felt that Something new wanted to come through, but I didn't know what it was. And so I just kept pushing, I kept doing, I had these objectives, and I was slowly exhausting myself. And so we are now two years later. In the meantime, I have met someone that was living in Canada as well. I moved to BC. We are living together in um, beautiful British Columbia. And I decided to do a 30 days information detox. Have you ever done that, Karen? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I am pretty much, uh, I think I'm attached to, uh, let's see, I got two smartphones. I got five computers. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I only have one that, you know, two, well, maybe two. No. <laughs> I think my business would just go grind to a complete halt if I did a 30-day you know, device detox at this point. So I, I was, of course, still talking to my clients, but basically what I did for 30 days was that I deleted social media from my phone, didn't watch TV, didn't read any book, and just limited to the maximum 
uh, the amount of information that I was taking in so that I could reconnect with my intuition and my creativity. And in that moment, I was already on a journey of really understanding what the feminine is, what the masculine is, why we burn ourselves out, why we push so much, why we live in a society that is so masculine, and why so many people are burning out. So while I was learning about that, I stopped learning about it, of course, for 30 days, and I really just let my own intuition guide me during that month. And during that month in a meditation, I got a very clear message that I needed to write the book about the Divine Feminine. So then I thought, okay, good, but you know, I'm still at the beginning of my journey, so thank you guys, but this is a pretty big challenge. <laughs> but let's see where it, where it guides me. Let's see, let's see where I go with it. So at the end of the 30 days detox, I then had a very beautiful experience where in the middle of the night, I got woken up by my guides and they basically taught me more about the Divine Feminine and how being in your feminine energy actually activates six gifts that we all have within ourselves and why the feminine is so important right now. And so once I had their guidance, then of course it was easier to write a book about it, even though certain subjects I was really... Uh, questioning what I, what I was going to write about it, but life is always perfect, and so life put certain experiences on my path so that I could really understand what surrender meant, so that I could really understand what authenticity meant, magnetism, and all these other gifts of the feminine. And so it's through my own embodiment and through my own journey of the feminine and really healing myself from the wounded to move into the divine feminine that I was actually able to write this book. And so I was also pregnant at the time when writing the book, so you're very intuitive, you're very psychic, you're very much into your feminine energy when writing this book, so when, when you're pregnant, sorry. So of course when writing this book everything was perfectly aligned for me to be able to understand what it is to have a business and to live in your feminine energy. Wow, that's great. And, and so that was, uh, did you say two years ago? Um, so I wrote the book now a bit more than a year ago. Okay, okay, so you gave birth, right? <laughs> Trying to do the timing here. Yeah, and so you were able to do this while you were pregnant and, and after to, yeah. to do this business, but in a different way than what you tried before. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. So okay. to answer your question and what you were saying before, why, why do we live so much in our masculine and etc. you know, it's something that I explain um, in the book. Um, Society has been very masculine and patriarchy has been very present for centuries. And when I say patriarchy, I'm not just saying men, because women have also been playing a role in the patriarchy and maintaining it. And for me, the patriarchy is really made of all these silent rules and all these shoulds that we impose on ourselves. You know, the be beautiful, but don't speak your mind. In, in French, we say, sois belle et tais-toi. And I could really see my grandmother being like that, where she was always very elegant and taking care of how she was dressed, but never daring to speak her mind or uh, to take an initiative or to lead in a certain way. Um, so she was also accepting 
you know, all these rules. And hmm. it's even been a hundred years since women have received the right to vote. You That's know. right. It's not that long ago. Not that long ago since we have received a seat around the table. So we got the right to vote, and then suddenly we got welcome on the market, on the business marketplace. We could work and earn money, but businesses and companies were built in a very masculine way because they were made by men. And so we showed up, we decided to wear pants and suits like men, and we decided to behave and compete like men because that's how it was working. So we were doing our best to fit in so that we wouldn't be rejected again and to make sure that we would show that we earned our seat around the table. But now it's been maybe 60, 70 years since women are really working and earning money and we are realizing that it's not working for us. We're exhausted, we're tired, we're struggling and we're actually criticizing the other woman that seem to be succeeding and slowing down and doing it their own way because we're forcing ourselves so much to fit into this set of silent rules that it's hard for us and so we let go by just criticizing others and being gossipy and judgmental. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't think I have time for that, but I, I used to, so I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or, or, or be jealous, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Is, there is a whole other way where we could actually make it work for us. Instead of gossiping and criticizing and judging because we would actually love to be doing it our own way, we can actually make it happen for ourselves. And the reason to do that is really to follow um, our emotions and our intuition. We have all been told that we were too emotional and too weird and too out there. I'm sure it happened to you too, Karen, right? Oh yeah. Well, my mom used to get made fun of and I didn't want to be made fun of like her because they were like, you're too sensitive, you're too suspicious, meaning intuitive. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I tried to shut that off for a while, but uh, boy, it's, I have to say, it, nowadays it's a heck of a lot faster, more efficient. I don't have to use as much energy when I tune in, you know, to my intuition. And sometimes I can't even explain, like, to somebody who's very structured why I did what I did, <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> I'll just wake up one morning and go, oh. I think I'll do this, you know, and, and maybe on, on paper it looks really disorganized, um, but somehow it seems to work. I'm not saying I can't improve, for sure. I can improve and be more, you know, bo both feminine aligned and doing well in business, uh, but it's uh, definitely a balance. But it's not I, what we, yeah, yeah, it's not what we're encouraged necessarily to do. I, I love that you just said uh, somehow I'm using my intuition and I'm using way less energy than if I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. That's the key. Yep. When we are in our masculine, we are structuring, we are following rules, we are all doing all the things that we believe we should be doing, and we are exhausting ourselves. We are using a lot of energy up. Because masculine energy, I'm sure you know that as an acupuncturist, that masculine energy is warm energy. 
Whereas feminine energy is cold energy. Masculine energy, it's the day, it's the sun. Feminine energy, it's the night, it's the moon. And so when you are in your masculine, which is all about doing, structuring, taking action, protecting, providing, goal setting, competing, you are in that warm energy. So if you spend your whole day doing, 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 being in that warm energy, well, of course, slowly, you are going to burn out. Even our uh -huh. life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you move into your feminine, into that cold energy, if you slow down, if you're intuitive, if you let your emotions guide you, if you surrender, if you open yourself to receiving, if you reflect on what works and what's not working for you, then you can bring that balance back of the cold and the warm, the feminine and the masculine. Because the idea is not to stay in your feminine. Especially if you have a business. If you're in your feminine all day long, well, nothing's really going to happen. Not much, at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To create sacred union. Mm. You really want to create that balance that you were talking about before. But because we live in a world that is so masculine, we need to bring awareness back about what the feminine is how she functions, when we are in our feminine or in our masculine, when we are too much in our masculine and how we can bring ourselves back into our feminine. And so it's really by bringing that awareness back to the feminine that we can create that sacred union. Also, because everything starts with the feminine. The masculine comes from the feminine. Every man is birthed from the womb of a woman, right? Mm. And also, every day starts at midnight when it's dark, when it's the feminine. Right, right. And it starts with the feminine. So we need to really embody our divine feminine first. Move from the wounded feminine and really embody our divine feminine so that we can, after that, call in the sacred warrior, call in the divine masculine and create sacred union between these two parts of ourselves. Oh, I love that. And, and I know we're talking about women, because you primarily work with women at this time. So the men that are um, also burning out, <laughs> uh, t tell us a little bit about your observations of this divine union of feminine and masculine when it comes to men in the business world. It's the same. It's the same, because we both have feminine and masculine energy. Men, and not every man, some men identify more as feminine essence beings. You know, they feel like they have more feminine energy. Um, but we all need that balance. It's just that men naturally are going to have a tendency to, you know, find solutions. It's really funny to see that in couples where the woman just needs to talk and express her emotions and the man is directly going to be solution-oriented, whereas the woman just wants to be listened to, right? Right. Know that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Divine masculine, actually, he's an amazing listener. So in the feminine and in the masculine, you both have wounded and divine characteristics. And so for men, it's the same journey. They need to move away from their wounded masculine into their, into their divine masculine and also really be aware of their 
divine feminine. Be more in touch with their emotions. Be more in touch with their intuition. Allow them to create space. Not do anything, just be. Because men are really good at doing, doing, doing because they have all that masculine energy. Yeah. It's basically a very, very similar journey. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. So um, how do women get started? Yeah, good question. So women get started by bringing awareness of when am I in my masculine, when am I in my feminine. And you can even go deeper by bringing awareness to when am I in my wounded feminine and when am I in my divine feminine. So the wounded feminine, it's that part of yourself that is craving connection. Masculine energy is very individualistic, whereas feminine energy is very collective. It's all about connection, community. Um, and when you think about it, women, they want to make money so that they can give their money to others or create quality moments with others. We are really much all about connection, right? And so the wounded feminine is craving connection. Now, because she's craving connection, she is sometimes going to negate herself in order to have that. So she's going to dim her light. She's going to be afraid to speak her truth. She's going to hide her gifts because she doesn't want to be called too woo-woo or too weird or too noisy. Um, sometimes she can be manipulative as well to get whatever she wants. And uh, she can also play the victim. So if you recognize yourself in one of these behaviors, don't blame yourself. It's completely normal. We all have some wounded feminine energy within ourselves to a certain degree because we are all also impacted by that energy at a collective level. Yes, I was just going to say something like that. So we can actually feel other, like the collective of women uh, and what other women are going through and actually tune into that and actually not emanate is not the right word, but empathize. Yeah, and be impacted and suddenly also have emotions that are not exactly your own because we're sensitive, we're empaths, and so we feel other people's emotions and sometimes we can identify with them as well. Mm -hmm. And the wounded feminine, she has um, three feminine wounds which um, we believe have been passed down from Mary Magdalene. So that's why I also talk about the collective because it's been such a long time. And if you're not carrying these wounds anymore because you believe you've healed yourself, well, it might be, you know, karmic or transgenerational. You're still carrying that energy from your grandmothers or great-grandmothers. And these three feminine wounds that have been passed down from Mary Magdalene are called the witch wound, the bitch wound, and the whore wound. Did you ever hear Wow. The witch, I'm writing these down. <laughs> the bitch wound and the whore wound. Okay, that sounds like something great to talk about. <laughs> I've never heard it uh, uh, talked about this way, but wow, so interesting. Please go on. <laughs> so the bitch wound is um, that part of you that is afraid of saying no and putting yourself first because you might be called a bitch. How often are we putting others before ourselves? We take care yep. of 
we take care of our partners, we take care of our clients, of our friends, and then we're at the end of the list. And if it's the end of your day and you just give all your energy to your clients and then your kids are running to you, Mommy, Mommy, I'm hungry. What if you said, Oh, darling, I don't have the energy to cook something for you. I'm going to have a bath first, replenish my own body, my own energy field, fill my cup, and then I'll cook something delicious to you. Do we actually dare to say that? Wow. <laughs> that would be amazing. I wonder if my dog would listen to me there. <laughs> I know you want to go for a walk right now, but... <laughs> we don't do it, right? Because we're afraid of being called a bitch. Mm. Yeah, I'm, like we're, we're somehow feel bad about ourselves if we... Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, well, we're we're supposed to be mothers, so children are number one. We need to do whatever they want before whatever we want because we yeah. can sacrifice ourselves for the greater whole. You know, you hear a lot about sacrificing these days. Yeah, yeah. And that, that comes from the bitch one, this whole, like, I'm sacrificing myself for others and it's fine, life is going to give it back to me. But it's, it's, that's not really how it works because the truth is that if you actually listen to yourself, to your own needs, and you took that time and you said to your kids, wait a minute, here's an apple, here's a banana, I'll be there in 30 minutes and then I'll cook something for you. You take that time for yourself, you have a bath, you read a book that you adore, your cup is full, then you're able to cook for your kids with a completely different energy. And all that love and energy that you have is going in the food and it's going towards your kids. And then you create quality time with your kids. And maybe they can help you cook. And you can have much more fun around the table because you've replenished yourself. And so I really like to rephrase the bitch as actually a loving and caring woman. Because mm. she knows that it's by taking care of herself that she can give her best to others and that she's actually taking a better care of others. I love that. I love that. There's way too many... Um, parents, women out there who are just scrambling, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get everything done, to, you know, you know, they've got one child, you know, with, we can't, you know, they've lost their shoe, they don't know where it is, it's time for school, they're going to be late, you know, and they're trying to make, you know, breakfast for the other kid, and then this one has a snotty nose, and they're just freaking out because they just can't get everything done, and of course they're working, right, as well. Um, and that's that depletion you're talking about. Uh, wow. That's pretty advanced stuff. I'm not sure like the average person knows how to do that yet, but I think your examples are wonderful. Thank you. Um, and, and I'm experiencing it now firsthand, you know, with an eight-month baby at home. I love mm-hmm. him so much. I want to give him everything. But sometimes I get to the point where I love him so much that it hurts because I'm letting myself down. Mm. So that's really when you got to put yourself first again because what do kids need? They need a happy mother. That's yeah. for sure. Even at the end of the day, that's that's really what they need the most. They can wait thirty minutes, you know, if, yeah. if it, they have a happy mother at the end. The thirty minutes. Wow, wow, that is great. I think you're gonna have all these moms going, but like, I need you to coach me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was the bitch wound. Very interesting. What about the other two? Yeah, so then we have the witch wound. 
the witch wound is um, that part of yourself that is afraid of showing up fully with all your gifts, with all your weirdness, because you're afraid you're going to be killed for it. And I mean, witch hunts were real. Uh, oh. so it doesn't happen these days in modern society. We're not killed or burned or tortured anymore if we uh, say we're psychics. But there is something called the cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And that is another way of killing you socially. Right? Oh. And so sometimes we are afraid of being seen really for who we are. And um, you said it yourself, Karen, you know, we are afraid of showing that we are intuitive or sharing about our spiritual experiences because we're going to be called too woo-woo or too out there. I mean, it happened to me so many times. I remember I had some very curious experiences when I was a kid. I talked about it to a few friends, and I think that for 20 years, they made fun of me. Oh. <laughs> right. And then, of course, you're not going to talk about your next kundalini awakening or when you saw a spirit in the room or when you started seeing auras, you're going to keep that to yourself. Yes, and especially about around the people that you love the most, sometimes we want to share the most because we're excited about it, mm. you know, about what's happened to us and how amazing we feel and then people, and this happens a lot, I think, with, with our tribe is that they get shot down. Yeah, yeah. Because we're afraid of being too much and too out there and making other people uncomfortable. And in the end, we want to be loved. We want that connection. We want that with someone else. So we are going to hide a little bit of ourselves in order to have that connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the truth is that the more you show up with your full authenticity, the more you show up with all your too muchness, Actually, your is part of why you're here. It's your uniqueness. The more you really dare to fully embody all of who you are, the more you're going to be magnetic. Because then the right people who recognize themselves in you and who want to connect with you are going to be drawn to you and you're going to be super magnetic and actually call in the right people in your life. Mm. Instead of those that you need to hide yourself a little bit so that you can connect with them. Wow. And that's exactly how things have played out in my life. And I love how eloquently you just described that transformation, that transformational journey mm -hmm. from being scared of being too weird, too strange, too not, you know, not, not whatever. And, um, and then being able to just be more authentic yeah. and realizing, yeah, there's still going to be people that say you're too much yeah. or I'm too much. Um, but yeah. then other people more actually are saying, I love what you do. This is so amazing. Thank you. You know, and uh, it's like, hey, okay. <laughs> That's all. Criticizing you. It's just because they don't dare to be too much as well. Mm. And it's easier for them to criticize you instead of them getting over their own fear of being hated. Right, so that's a, like a projection. Like their stuff, and you're making them super uncomfortable because you're, you're literally share, showing them what they need to heal, and they don't like that either. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there's a third one, 
which I think is the deepest one and that's going to take more time to really heal it into the collective, um, which is what I call the whole wound. And so we know that Mary Magdalene was called a prostitute, right? Mm -hmm. And the truth is that she was trained in sacred sexual practices, um, sex magic, that's how we call it. And she knew that when you enter an intimate and a sexual exchange with someone with a huge intention and recognizing the sacred aspect to it, it can actually increase your magnetism, your healing abilities, and when you have these beautiful orgasms, it gives you direct access to source. Mm -hmm. You can have more downloads, more visions, more guidance for your life. Mm. But the church at the time, after you know Jesus was the leader that he was and they created the Bible and everything, they made sure that they would put Mary Magdalene on the side because they were afraid of her power. They didn't understand her power and her intuitive gifts and these sacred practices that she had with Jesus. And so um, they made sure that sex would be seen as dirty. Okay. So that was the church doing that for the most the part. Patriarchy and men in general who um, really pushed sexuality down because sexuality is actually one of your direct accesses to source, to spirit. Okay. And to remembering your power. I know that a lot of women struggle with orgasms and I wish it was different, but when you have a beautiful experience of orgasm, you are connected to your power and to the power of the other person. You remember who you are. You're very connected to yes, the spiritual being that you are here, having a human experience. And so it is my belief that the church knew about that, and that's why they made sure that sex was seen as something and sensuality, because when you find someone sensual and attractive, it leads to having a sexual exchange. Uh, they made sure that it was seen as something shameful and dirty and that women could only have sex after they were married so that then they would be controlled by the men mm. they were married to. And they wouldn't always be able to remember their power. Right. And, and you said that this is also, trans, uh, like you said, transgenerational. So many of us carry that story. Is that what you meant? Yeah, it's transgenerational, it's, it's karmic, it can also be you in past life that had you know, difficult experiences with that. And the truth is that, um, you know, I think we have all been called if we dance in a way that is a bit too sensual, or we wear a skirt that is too short, or, you know, a dress that is a bit too tight, we're going to be shamed for it. We're going to be called a whore for it. Yep, yep. The truth is that when you are in your sensuality, when you are in your senses, in your body, honoring your beauty, you're actually honoring your power. Mm. I would go even further because there is a very interesting link between sexual energy and money. Oh boy, people are listening really acutely now. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> Are Tell us more. Both sides of the same coin. Mm. They are the same energy. Think about it. 
Sexuality is all about connection, relationships. Money, when you have money and you spend it, it's in order to have more connection. It's always about relationships, especially for women. You want to have a house because you want to be able to live and experience quality time with your loved one in your house. Right. Right. For women, it's not about, well, for, I'm generalizing, but, but the people that I have, you know, seen, and, and it's always, like you said, that that is their ultimate, is to have that time to connect to the people they care about the most, to connect to themselves, to, you know, to, to be able to have the, the time and energy to, to do the feminine things they want to do. Um, and very few, I haven't met any, actually, women, in my hearing, it's like they want money to hoard money, just to have it. No. You know, it, it, in general, I, I never really hear that. No. It's about better life for themselves and their children and their family and all that kind of stuff. It's always about what you can create. Mm -hmm. It's always about creation. Yep, absolutely. Sexuality is about creating life, ultimately. You can have the pleasure and the playfulness around it, but in the end, it's also about creating life, right? Yes. Money, like you just said, it's all about creating. You can create a business with your money that's going to help people. You can create quality times with your loved ones. It's all, money is just a tool that helps you create. Like sexuality is a tool that helps you create life. That is so interesting. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a somewhat spicy question, but I'm sure you can handle it. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things that has come to light, if you will, in the last couple of years is the... Um, the the depths of which there it was not in the light before, but the depths of human trafficking mm -hmm. of women and children in particular, um, the money exchange elites, uh, you know that kind of thing. So and 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 you know it just dawned on me when you were talking about this this incredible you know that double sided coin where sex and you know sex money energy. Um, how do you think that um, those that are in those circles are actually using, abusing, I don't know, like fem feminine energy? Like, I know, I, I don't know if you know, but, uh, you know, they can actually extract energy from, it looks like the adrenal glands as well, to feed people to make them younger. This is, of course, very dark stuff that people have been learning about, and it only came to light for the average person in the last two years. So, I think, I mean, we could talk about that for hours, Karen, but just in a nutshell, I think that money is a, is a tool. Money is an exchange tool, and the way certain people use it, it can be to create life and to create quality moments, but it can also be to create abuse, like what you're just talking about right now. The truth is that money in this case is going to be an amplifier of what's already happening within the person. I don't think that the people who are abusing woman and child uh, with their money were angels before. I think they didn't have the best interests at heart before as well. And money amplifies that. If you're someone that's very heart-centered 
and you're a healer, for example, and you're helping people reconnect with their truth, etc., and healing, if you have more money, you're going to use your money to do more good around yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you're someone that has suffered from abuse yourself, that isn't paying yourself, that doesn't really know your purpose in your life, and that is just, you know, addicted to sexuality because that's the only pleasure that you can get. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, find excuses for them, but just... Mm -hmm. you know, trying to understand what, yeah. Then, and then if you have more money, then you're just going to use that money to do more of what you were already doing before. So money really is an amplifier in that case. Um, whereas what I was explaining before is that when you are very connected to your sexual power, but when I say sexual power, it's not just the ability to have sex, it's really your creative power. You know the Kundalini energy that we talk about that is in your root chakra? It's right. your energy. It's not just about creating life, but it's about creating businesses and creating ideas. And for a woman entrepreneur, it's very important to be connected to that creative, sensual, sexual desire energy because it's the other side of the coin of your money energy. And I'm going to be very blunt and very transparent here. It happened to me and to a lot of other friends and spiritual teachers that I know that they were having an intimate moment with their partners and in that exact moment they had sign up, they had clients sign up for their programs. Hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. My husband can... would love that. <laughs> you know, I can give you a lot of other reasons like um, sexuality is all about being open and receiving for us women. Hmm. Okay, well, there's a lot of wounded women, um, you know, that, uh, I mean, have sexual, I think, unfortunately, too often, you know, uh, mm -hmm. sexual issues, so it's painful, it's not um, something that they look forward to, and I think, unfortunately, it's almost like an epidemic, and I wonder, and this is a theory, I wonder whether that, whether it be transgenerational karmic, you know, whether that energy collective of you know, being abused because this whole sex trafficking thing has been going on for very, very thousands and thousands of years. Well, uh, whether or not some of that has has manifested maybe into the collective, wh whether that be physical or discomfort or like on some level we didn't know about it, but now now that we do, it's. Uh, I wonder if we've been having symptoms related to that all these years. I think it's it's probably energetically impacting us because we are all connected and it's it's definitely impacting us at a collective level. But it's not just that; it's also our grandmothers, you know, maybe ourselves with our own experiences, and um, and also potentially from from past lives as well, because our our souls and our bodies sometimes carry memories from past lives as well. So I think right. it's that. It's not just one thing. And I think now all these things are coming to light and people like me are talking about it because it's time to heal it. Mm. And by bringing awareness. You can heal something if you don't see it. And by bringing awareness on it and by talking about it, expressing it, and having other kinds of experiences 
or talking with sexual therapists, you can actually let go of that and really heal it at a deep level. Mm-hmm. And it's important for women entrepreneurs because, like I just said, it's very tied to your money energy, to your capacity to receive, because the feminine is all about receiving, and these are both are receiving energies. And so yeah, that's a perfect point. Yeah, absolutely. We needed to to um, comprehend that uh, that there we we can't separate the two. It's no. connected. Mm-hmm. And that's also why it's important to be in our feminine and our business because the feminine is the receiver. And so if you're always in your masculine in your business, doing, 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 and taking action, you are then giving to the universe and your clients the feminine role. They are receiving you. But if you want them to sign up and pay you for your programs, well, you need to be in the receiving seat. You need to slow down. You need to honor your feminine energy so that you can receive your clients and their money. Wow. That is beautiful. That is like, <laughs> it just like clarifies a lot here. That is amazing. Now, would you mind talking just a little bit about um, uh, the wounded masculine? And the reason I'm asking about that is because I see a lot of people out there talking about um, you know where where are the men uh, I'm it sounds judgy I'm just echoing what I'm hearing where are the men in this you know pandemic you know why are there so many women stepping up and taking risks and vying for their you know the the safety of their children you know uh, you know we you see memes that say grow some balls you know <laughs> Like what's going on? Like what? And that's why, of course, I'm, I have a skewed uh, tribe. But it seems like it's the women that are really braving to stand up against something they feel is not correct or even ethical for themselves and their children, and their family. And not to say that the men aren't doing it, but a lot of people are commenting, "Where are the men?" So there are two questions in your in your question. The first is, "Where are the men?" And and what is the wounded masculine? Right? Yeah. And is that connected? <laughs> so the wounded masculine, and some women are like that as well, is um, that part of yourself that is very competitive because you believe that it is not enough for everybody, so you have to fight your corner. Um, that can be aggressive. That can gaslight. I mean, with all the separation going on right now on the planet, we are definitely seeing that energy come out but it's coming out because it's time to heal it as well. Um, It can be manipulative. It can be very dominant. Um, But the wounded masculine is dominant and competitive because he lives in fear. And he can be very um, intimidated, actually, by the power of the divine feminine. Whereas the, the, the divine masculine, once you heal that and you move into the divine masculine, which is very compassionate, an amazing listener, and who is actually an anchor for the divine feminine, because she can be very intuitive and emotional, he really works hand in hand with her. Um, he helps her then to birth ideas and to connect with her higher self as well. So once you can really move from that wounded feminine to the divine sorry, the wounded masculine into the divine masculine. You can then create that sacred union between these two parts of yourself. Now, how does that relate to the world um, changing and all these women stepping up? Actually, 
we um, were living in the age of Pisces mm-hmm. not too long ago, and we are now moving, have done our transition into the age of Aquarius. Right. Pisces is a masculine sign. It's connected to Mars. Aquarius is a feminine sign. It's connected to Venus. So we are actually moving towards a matriarchal society. Oh, okay. That's why so many women are stepping up. That's oh, I see. are talking about the divine feminine because we are moving towards a matriarchal society where women are going to lead again. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Big trend. So interesting. <laughs> well, that's a different way of looking at it, and uh, that does uh, that does resonate. Definitely, you know, makes a lot of sense of what we're what we're seeing. Because uh, unfortunately, we are, you know, people are criticizing. I suppose the men. Well, I actually uh, believe, and um, some spiritual teachers might not agree with me. Um, but the feminine is meant to lead. Because again, when you look at feminine and masculine energy, feminine energy, like I said before, is desire energy. Create Not just sexual desire, but really the desires of your soul, the vision. The feminine is the one that daydreams, that reflects, that has the vision, that's Mm. going to her intuition to her soul, the soul is guiding you, and then she calls in the masculine that is going to bring the structure, provide the necessary tools and equipment in order to bring it to life. It's, and then it's a dance, you know, between the two. But it starts with the feminine. So the feminine leads, and the leader is someone that has a vision. And that vision, you find it in your feminine energy. So that's why we're going back to matriarchal society and why women are stepping up, because we are actually meant to lead. Wow. Uh, I got chills. That usually means that you're right on, or at least from my, from it's resonating with me. No, literally, I've got whole body chills here. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> And and I and one of the things and you don't know it's go, you know like what else I'm doing in, in my everyday life but uh, some of my tribe members know is that um, you know we've been called to um, build our own communities from the ground up by forming these assemblies in our counties and states and things like that and in my county it was kind of scary because I'm like well this feels like being like a politician but not like you know because <laughs> politicians don't seem to be that useful these days um but really like building a structure to you know help people in our own communities and every single person that i know who's helping me with this is a woman <laughs> so far so far um and so the and i was a little worried about that because I, I could feel that the structure part was more masculine and i didn't want to go and you know, to, to be that masculine, because I'm already masculine to some degree in my business, but now that you say that the, the, the feminine energy is the, the, the leader, if you will, in the Aquarian age, that mm-hmm. matriarchal, then that makes complete sense, that the council who are there to lead spiritually say this is what we want to happen, and then the committees are there to, like, make it happen, that the, the council would be full of women. Yeah. Absolutely, and it also makes sense when you when you know that uh, again, feminine is all about connection, 
community being together, we have suffered from separation, we are still suffering from separation right now, but like for the past centuries, we've suffered a lot from that, for sure. Mm. And the age of Aquarius, Aquarius is a sign of community. Okay. And so we are the embodiment of that community because we understand it at a soul level that we need to come together and to recreate that and not live in flats on our own and being lonely because that's not healthy. We're social beings. We're meant to be all together. And the feminine and woman really understand that, whether it's conscious or unconscious, they really understand that very deeply. And so it's, it's no wonder that all these women come together as a collective because they want to create something new and bring people together again. Mm, wow. I've gotten so used to doing stuff on my own. And even with, you know, a home-based business, sometimes I don't see my husband until dinner time. <laughs> you know? um, that when we got these women together the other night to, you know, talk about, you know, creating this new world, um, so many of them said, this is what I needed. I needed to get together with another group of women. I feel so different right now. Yeah. Not yeah. so alone, not so alienated, you know? Yeah. Women, they're dealing with their sons and their husbands and their ex-husbands and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Society. When they're together. Yeah. Mm, wow. That's amazing. Now, before we close, we'd like to know uh, a couple of things. Number one is... Um, how, how do people get a hold of you? Um, what kind of programs and or coaching do you provide? And then we'll kind of, you know, talk about, you know, the, the, your, you know how the different Instagrams or whatever you're on, your social media, um, as well as any other things that you want to share before we end for today. Any tools, any tips? I think the best way to find me is on Instagram. My uh, account is at Elidepoisson, E-L-E-D-E-P-O-S-S-O-N. And um, on my Instagram, I, you're going to find a lot of information about the Divine Feminine, about business. I teach also a lot about money, the energy of money, and how we can reapproach money for really the beautiful energy that it is and let go of all the blocks that we have around money. And it's really my passion to bridge spirituality and business and help women entrepreneurs um, lead their business from their feminine energy um, in a soul-led way, in an intuitive way, so that they can have way more flow, way more fun, and also way more money. Oh, that's great. Okay, so Instagram.com forward slash E-L-E-D-E. P-O-S-S-O-N, and we'll put that, the links and multiple links actually, on the radio show page and or on our blog and social, our social media so everyone can find it. I know you also have a gift quiz. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I have a really fun quiz. It's quite short, but really fun. It's going to help you see which gifts of the feminine you already have activated inside of you. So mm -hmm. in my at the six gifts of the feminine, which lead to really being in your sovereignty and your power. Um, and these gifts are the gifts of authenticity, intuition, magnetism, surrender, receiving, and grounding. And so through the quiz, you can know which gifts are already activated and which need a little bit more love. And um, 
at the end of the quiz, you're invited to also buy my book, and I have a 21-day course that is going to help you embody your divine feminine energy through meditations, light language transmissions, Reiki for abundance, journaling prompts to really help you see where you're at with the three feminine wounds that we talked about in this podcast, and so on and so on. It's really 21 days filled with golden nuggets. Ooh, that is very valuable. Thank you so much. That's great. So we'll make sure our tribe uh, knows that link. Um, and uh, just if you're listening in and you're not looking at the page or whatever, it is at the main website, which is Eleanor and then D-E-P-O-S-S-O-N.com, all one word, and then forward slash gift quiz. Um, that sounds super fun and really accessible to, to everyone because I think everyone wants to know which qualities they already have activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's fantastic. Um, other, any, anything other than uh, what we talked about that you want to share for our audience today? Well, you know, I think that if anyone is listening to this podcast and you were really, you had also full body chills during this hour. <laughs> together and you're asking yourself, okay, great, Ailey, this was super fun, but where do I start and how can this impact my business, etc. You can definitely start by having a look at the three feminine wounds, but I want to add something new, which uh, I see that women really struggle with. Um, it's their ability to receive. Mm-hmm. Are you at receiving? Receiving help? receiving love, receiving support from others, but also from yourself. And so I always invite my clients to do, to do a very simple exercise, which is to look at the mirror and compliment their face, their body, and give themselves some love. Oh, I like that. Money is just love made visible. So you need to be able to receive love and your capacity to receive love from others is a reflection of your own capacity to receive love from yourself. Ah, okay. I like that. Money is just love made visible. Cool. I'll probably make yeah, a meme. You <laughs> and buy something that you don't like. You only buy things that you love. Mm, that is true. Making that is happen. true. Yeah. Wow. I must love myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's great. Um, LA, it's been such a pleasure to interview you. I've got so many wonderful golden nuggets from Mm -hmm. you and loved chatting with you about the, um, you know, the wounds uh, and also the divine, the wound feminine masculine, the divine feminine masculine. Uh, so, so interesting, very, um, I think, uh, necessary and timely, this work that you do, and uh, actually kind of relieved to hear about what you said earlier about the Aquarian age being the age of the matriarchy coming around again, and that why the feminine from that place of desire of, you know, starting creation, it makes sense that the, the feminine is the leader yes. now. Because I'm thinking leader as in like the past, what we're conditioned to think of as a leader, the president, the whatever, 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 you know, and it's mostly been men. I think we have to redefine that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's beautiful, like I said. Whole body chills. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you so you. much. 
Thank you so much, LA. It's been such a pleasure. We also want to thank all of our listeners for listening in. And remember, you can connect with LA at her website and on Instagram. Um, Instagram is LA de Poisson, uh, sorry, E L E D E P O S S O N. And the website is Eleanor. So E L E, uh, whoops, I lost my E L E O N O R. And then de Poisson, D E P O S S O N dot com. Thanks, everyone, and uh, much love until next time. Thank you, LA. Thank you.